Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One, two, three, four. Hello and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting, Andrew Ivins. And Drew, it's on me, man. I told the people we were going to have Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, the Executive Director here. And unfortunately, things happen, man. We had a little bit of a scheduling conflict. We're going to get our guy, Jim Nagy, on in the future. But unfortunately, he's not here today. But guess what? That's an opportunity for the Oyster Boys to do what they do well, just like I do on the golf course, (laughs) scramble a little bit, put a show together on the fly. Hey, what are some of the topics out there that we can talk about? Drew, you come up, how about the Florida Gators just getting gutted by the NFL right now? Arizona Cardinals, Denver Broncos. We'll talk about the Gators, Billy Napier. How does he adjust? Marcus Freeman flirting with the old SEC standout offensive line coach. Matt Luke, is that going to happen? And then the Clemson Tigers look like they are in good shape to pick up a running back in the 2024 cycle. We'll talk a little bit about him. And then another arm to keep an eye on as he kind of hits the open market. Marcos Davia, guy that Andrew Ivins really likes. But let's start in the Sunshine State, Drew. And let's get right into it. First of all, I'm sorry. Let me ask you, how are you doing? Hey, I have to say, typically you are the one that's a little bit more wound tight That's a little bit more pessimistic on this show. I'm sorry to air you out. I'm the one that's got to lift you up. This morning, roles reverse, man. I feel like I appreciate you giving me that little jolt of optimism, and I feel like we're going to have a great show today. Dude, I've been up since 5 a.m. Got a workout in. Been uh, doing quarterback completion percentage charts. It's been fun. When you said the Sunshine State, I thought we were going to dive into the Honda Classic here, right? Oh, Sunshine State oh. swing underway on the PGA Tour. Honda down the road for me. Won't be able to make it out there this weekend, but I thought you just wanted to talk about um, a very bad field on the PGA Tour. But no, Florida. Uh, what a 24 hours, I think, for the Gators losing three coaches, right? Three coaches, your defensive coordinator. Sounds like they already had a replacement for Tony, but I think the Kerry Colbert news is certainly – um, notable. I think it stings. I um, rubbed elbows with Kerry Colbert, I think twice this season during the fall months when he was out on the road recruiting. Signed a really good receivers class there for the Gators. Eugene Wilson, Aiden Mizell, um, Andy Jean, he was involved in that recruitment. Those are all guys that you know we think pretty highly of. 
uh, guys that we think Florida needs to be playmakers. But Kerry Colbert, I think he came from USC, right? He was a splash hire, I think, for Billy Napier. Um, his track record with guys currently in the NFL, Amon Ross St. Brown, Drake London, like it's pretty easy, even in the NIL era, right, for these kids to look at Kerry Colbert and be like, hey, this guy can get me to the league because these guys I know that I see on Sundays are, are doing it. He's he's headed reportedly to the Denver Broncos. So I, I think that does sting for Florida when it comes to recruiting. Drew, when you zoom out on this, like is this is this a Florida issue or is it a coincidence that it just happens to be that three coaches within what 48 hours all depart for the NFL? And and you zoom out and you're like, all right, is there, is there something a little bit more to this, right? And I think two things for me, we talk about the recruiting calendar a lot and how grueling it can be. And if the money is equal at the NFL level, and you're talking about a better opportunity, right, where there's less responsibility, more time with family, more time off in the offseason, it's more of black and white in terms of the maintenance of your position room. There's a lot of positives when it comes to to coaching the NFL that I, I don't think necessarily have to do with Florida and Billy Napier. But at the same time, I mean, three staff members within 24 to 48 hours is a little bit surprising. It's hard not to say there's more than meets the eye here, what's going on in Gainesville. And like For I said, like you, you and I talked about Florida before this, and it's like Billy Napier came to Gainesville with this long-term sustainable success vision that he wanted to incorporate and put into place. It's year two. And Mike Norvell's a little different. The only reason I kind of bring him in because he got off to a rocky start in Tallahassee. It's year two, but it just seems like the appetite in Gainesville with that fan base. I mean, they are hungry and they want it now. And Billy Napier has this very patient, methodical way of going about his business. And to me, you're starting to see a little bit of a clash there in terms of short-term and long-term vision and this year you know six and seven last year total mixed bag recruiting trail this year a lot of good things a lot of other things that you could say a lot of missteps right I don't know it just seems kind of like the picture for Billy Napier in Florida right now is muddy and I if you would have asked me that a year ago before they even played a game I wouldn't expect that. I I would have thought these guys were kind of going to be the staple of what it was supposed to look like from a continuity standpoint, from a staffing standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint. Anything but. Yeah. Can we go back to that recruiting calendar? Because I got a little little story on on Kerry. Uh, September, I was at Traspal down in Miami Dade. Miami Northwestern was playing. I can't remember who. Um, but Kerry Colbert was there, flew on a private jet Thursday night. I was surprised because the Gators, I believe, were on the road or at a home game that Saturday, um, and there's a two-and-a-half-hour lightning delay, so we're standing in the rain, and then the game gets canceled, and then Kerry Colbert is back on the jet flying home, and I get it. These guys get paid a lot of money. That's part of the job recruiting, but you know, I think at some point you're like, what am I, what am I doing here, right? Like I got a game to prepare for. I'm flying. I'm away from my family in 
correct me if I'm wrong here, Cooper, kind of like Thursdays and Fridays are, are kind of your family days in the, in the regular season for coaches. So I don't know. I, I'm just saying, I, I think people kind of forget how crazy this is. Then you get into the season. I remember Florida was in a, a bowl game right before signing day. And then it's just into all the transfers you bring in in the first week of January. It's just nonstop. Then you got junior days and, and all that. Um, so, I, I mean, it stings. And then spring football is right around the corner. I mean, for, for Billy Napier, I know it, it sounds like he's he's got his guy who's going to be his next defensive coordinator. But, man, having to make these staff changes this late in the game when you've got some key practices where you can install or, or start to install or, or really coach guys up are, are key. I mean, I look at Andy Jean, e Eugene Wilson. Like, those are guys that we're going to get a huge advantage from learning from someone like Kerry Colbert. And, and for those not familiar, Eugene Wilson, top 247 player for us, speedy playmaker out of Tampa that, that, that the Gators signed. and. Andy Jean, a two-way guy to Miami Northwestern. So interesting times. And and I had this question written down for you. Like you've been on the other side, right? And I think you've been in some places where coaches have, you know, you've been at their year one, year two, but I think not a lot of people talk about that, that kind of that transition, right? You, you build your staff out as a, as a head coach in year one. And then it seems like there's always a lot of moving pieces. We saw that at Miami as well. They've lost both coordinators, some assistant coaches as well. It seems like head coaches, guys in charge, they, they figure out who they work with. And then, you know, there's some mutual parting of ways. Yeah, absolutely. Like you, you're starting to see some of these guys shed the skin and, you know, you bring up Miami. It's interesting. Like even Brian Kelly, right. With, with, with Brian Polian, we've seen that already him being moved to an off the field role. And that's, somebody that's been Brian Kelly's number one lieutenant for uh, quite a long time, uh, dating back to his time in South Bend. So even him making moves and, you know, you look at Miami's situation and I think that's all for the better. I think Mario Cristobal is better going into year two with the moves that he's made. And it's not so much about winning the press clippings and in, in the media, but now you get to a point where like, push comes to shove we got to get the right people in here and I think Miami has responded to that the right way and the other thing about Billy Napier you got to get him a lot of credit like in terms of losing Patrick Tony which I get the feeling that he had a sense that maybe that was coming because that hire of his defensive coordinator coming over from Alabama happened very very quickly um, so we'll see what happens you know it, it's you talked about it I mean the difficulty I was talking with the staff last night power five staff on the west coast that coach came in he's in his first year they retained two position coaches and one of them's already off to to the nfl they they lose another position coach and they start spring ball in three weeks and they just gotta get a guy in and i'm like hey why do you need to get a guy in in the next 24 to 48 hours why that's why is that so important because in my mind i'm thinking if you shotgun this higher you're just going to be doing this again right in the next 12 24 months but they, they say, hey, it's important. we got to get some guys in for continuity, and we're bringing some new faces in from a locker room standpoint. We want to give them comfort. So there's this urgency that seems to be like prolonging the process and recycling, like, hey, we're going to continue to do this. And, you know, before we kind of jump down that route, like, I think this question is fair at this point from what we've seen out of Florida over the last year. And I've been hesitant to ask this. But do you get the sense that this job is too big for Billy Napier? I don't 
I don't think so. I, I, I'm still a believer in what Billy Napier is trying to do there, right? I, I always bring back going to Friday Night Lights back in July and, and seeing that operation up close in person with the army of people and all that stuff. I, I just think this is kind of, I don't want to growing pains, just, you know, doing just the nature of the beast. Like I, that that's, you knew it was going to be a rebuild, right? Now you're retinkering, retooling the roster, getting the guys you want in. And it's not what anyone in Gainesville wants to hear, but he's going to need some time. Austin Armstrong is the guy that is, is reportedly going to take over for um, Patrick Tony there in Gainesville. He was the defensive coordinator at Southern Miss this past season, youngest defensive coordinator in all of college football, was hired at Alabama, set to be the inside linebackers coach, and now he's moving on over to Florida uh, reportedly. And and Cooper, I mean, if we really want to get in the weeds here, like I remember having some conversations with you a, a few months ago as we were putting on the group of five grades for some of those classes, and you, you highlighted how how well you thought Southern Miss had recruited. So maybe it's an advantage, or, or maybe this is a guy that's going to get after it on the trail for the Gators. Yeah, and not all change is negative change. Change can be good sometimes. Um, and, you know, talking to some people around – the Florida program about Patrick Tony, obviously a guy that's very respected by Billy Napier, but you know, they, they get a chance to bring a new guy and a new voice in the building. That's obviously very respected at Alabama, all of nine days under Nick Saban and Kevin Steele, new defense coordinator over there at Florida. I just with Florida, I feel like it's, it's really nothing that Billy Napier's done, but it's been these like growing pains that have been like, they just keep stepping in their own mess. And, you know, we talked with Bruce Feldman a couple of weeks ago and we were trying to get to the bottom of this with like Jaden Rashada and the NIL deal and the third party collective. They just don't seem in today's college football the way it has to be. Not only do you have to have complete alignment in your building, but you have to have it in the AD's office, in the president's office, and then with your third party collective as well. And I think that is where florida is kind of going through it right now and the other part about this is like billy napier might believe that he has time but the ad over there it could be a certain situation so you want to make sure that connection in terms of those guys being on the same page is is strong and the other part about this is like i think a lot of people i always go back to this a lot of people especially in baton rouge we're pounding the table for Billy Napier at LSU. Billy Napier goes to Florida. Brian Kelly comes to LSU. There's a lot of talk whether or not Kelly's a natural fit in Baton Rouge. And then there's a little bit of buyer's remorse, right? And then there's like the unexpected hypothetical potential of Billy Napier. And then there's like, hey, we don't know if this guy's an organic fit with Brian Kelly in Baton Rouge. Brian Kelly in year one, exceeded expectations, won 10 games, beat Alabama, won their bowl game convincingly. Things that LSU hadn't done in quite some time. All right, we got to go back to 2019. Point being is that has bought Brian Kelly a lot of goodwill, not only from a fan base standpoint, but a recruiting standpoint as well, where now people kind of see LSU and you kind of see – what they're trying to do there. Billy Napier's first season, in my eyes, 
even know that it's fair to say, hey, this team went six and seven, but the way they end it getting blown out by Oregon State, he goes into year two with a lot, lot more questions. And there are a lot of pieces for Florida to build around that they, you know, I, I thought they Kelby Collins, Cameron James, right? Uh, Jakeem Jackson. We really like what they did in certain areas. Like Florida, if they continue down this path, and continue to kind of raise the ceiling of what they're doing and, and maybe correct some of those mistakes from last year, I think Florida can be a top 10 recruiting team uh, in the country. To me, they just got to clean up everything he learned from year one, and he's got to be like, all right, <laughs> let's tighten it up. And if he can do that, I think they're going to be okay, and I think the good thing about Billy Napier is he can evolve. And I think this is a guy that's very in touch with, okay, what's happening. I think just the way things transpired in Gainesville this year, everything was happening a little bit too fast for him to process. Now he's got an off season to take a step back and say, all right, how do we avoid this going forward in the future? Last thought for me on, on Florida. They are sitting number 11 right now in the 2024 class rankings, four kids committed. E.J. Lagway, the quarterback out of Texas, and then Miles Graham, linebacker from Georgia, son of Ernest Graham, E.G., e. uh, a UF legend there. And uh, it, it's a solid group. Um, I just think Colbert leaving probably does hurt them a little bit with two of the biggest names in the Sunshine State for the 2024 cycle, uh, Jeremiah Smith, Josiah Trader. You know, both those kids were at Friday Night Lights. Um, working with Colbert. I, I, I was there. They're getting coached up by them. So now you got to hit restart a little bit on that relationship uh, with those two guys. So something else to, to kind of consider. Um, last but, uh, last point, Drew. Sorry. I mean, how con uh, like it, it comes down to this. Like, I, yeah, I like what they're doing in certain aspects of, the, of their roster. If Graham Mertz is what Graham Mertz has been throughout his collegiate career and year two looks – a lot like year one. Does Billy Napier get a year three? Well, I think I think the seat has gotten a lot warmer. And I said that after the whole Jaden Rashada mess. And I don't really think that's on him. Um, and then you look at this and it's still the optics. I mean, not to the not to the guy that can name the two deep, but to, to the guy that sits in the stands and goes, Hey, how do we just lose all these coaches? Um, you know, it's an optics. And listen, if you're looking at it from the way I'm looking at it, it might not be fair to Billy Napier, but it is reality. And that's the reality that we're, we're living in right now is that if you're, if you're going to – and this is the other thing, right? If you're going to ask for championship resources, championship results are going to be expected. And guess what? Kirby Smart's first couple years in Athens weren't, weren't relatively all smooth, right? I mean, there's there's a little bit of hey, we we got to figure this out a little bit, and then all of a sudden it kind of, all right, are you smart enough to figure it out? And I think Billy Napier is. I think the people there in Gainesville, the higher ups, they got to be patient because then you're just going to be in this perpetual cycle, and nothing's going to appease you. And that's kind of the world that we live in. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24/7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. 
Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Drew, let's go uh, to South Bend, man. Notre Dame been in the headlines this week. You and I have been talking about him. Our guy, Harry Heastan, he's out of there. Legendary coach, offensive line coach at, at Notre Dame. We talked about this on the show this week. We said this is the hire for Marcus Freeman that we kind of got circled. This is a really, really big one for him. And the name being thrown around right now, former Ole Miss head coach, Matt Luke, former Georgia offensive line head coach, or excuse me, Georgia offensive line head coach, Patag Flack. That could Georgia be a title. Let's, we might be five years away from that title. Oyster Boys, <laughs> Georgia offensive line head coach. Uh, Matt Luke, offensive line coach at University of Georgia under Kirby Smart. He leaves the game, what, a year or two years ago? Yeah. Citing that he is burnt out. And now resurfaces a couple years later, potentially heavily in the mix for Notre Dame's offensive line job. Drew, your your instant reaction to hearing Matt Luke uh, could be the could be the guy in South Bend coaching the offensive I, line. I know this term gets thrown around all the time, but I have no dog in this fight. I think it would be a home run. And, and, and for multiple reasons. Number one, Matt Luke is a excellent, excellent recruiter. I'm going to roll through some of these names that he has been credited as the primary on over the years. Greg Little, Laramie Tunsil, Amarius Mims, Broderick Jones, Ernest Green. Um, I got to keep scrolling. Secondary, or, or, sorry, primary on DK Metcalf. Um, he has a track record as a recruiter. So I think Notre Dame getting him in there. We, we talked about Tommy Reese leaving and, and how much of a, a say he's had in, in not only the obviously the offense, but he was involved in a lot of recruitments. And right, Matt Luke is a guy that understands the game in terms of adding talent, not only at, up front with the big boys, but also out on um, the perimeter. So I, I love that aspect. And, and then the other thing, you know, this is a guy that's not really in the same circle as Marcus Freeman, a guy that's been, you know, with him before at a previous stop. So you're bringing in someone who was at Georgia, saw that operation under Kirby Smart, ran a little bit of his own operation when he was at Ole Miss. I think it would be a huge hire. You also got to remember Notre Dame has a ton of talent right now on the offensive line. Harry Heastand has assembled a, a, a really, really strong group. Uh, Blake Fisher, Joe Alt, those are those are potential Sunday players. So you're gonna, getting not only a recruiter, a different voice that has been in the booth or on the sidelines when you know things have gone wrong in games. I think 
Marcus Freeman needs a little bit of that. You know, hey, this is what we did when we were at Auburn losing. Hey, we, we changed this up and did that. So I, I love that. And then uh, he's someone that can develop linemen. So I, I think that would be, uh, again, a home run hire for Notre Dame if they could uh, pull it off. And I think it kind of changes our outlook and, and narrative a little bit on, on Notre Dame. I think right now we're not sour on them, but there's some questions about what's going on. And I think Matt Luke kind of silences us a little bit or, or just the media in, in general. I love it for all the reasons you just stated, but from a credibility standpoint, like you said, I, I love Marcus Freeman potentially going outside of his tree here, right? And going down to get a guy that's very established, especially in the Southeast uh, in a, in an area of the country where Notre Dame, I mean, the, that's a difficult place to go in in the southeast part of the country to find big bodies. And I think the good thing about the offensive line is you can canvas the Midwest as well. Another very concentrated area uh, of high-level talent of offensive line play. But I would love this hire for Matt Luke. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, this is a guy that obviously got out of football for a lot of the reasons we talked about earlier with Florida, maybe some of those assistant coaches making the move to the NFL. Now a year or two under his belt, able to spend some time with his family, reevaluate. A lot of these guys, man, they're just football coaches, like at their core. And without the game, a lot of these guys tend to struggle. So Matt Luke, we'll see what happens. Hopefully he doesn't have a buyout. That might be, you know, who knows with Notre Dame, maybe that's an issue. But I would love that hire for Marcus Freeman. Love the way he's thinking there. Aren't you a little recruiting news? I don't even want to say this name because I don't want to butcher it. Do you want to you want to get after it here? But Clemson sitting in a good spot for three star running back. What's his name? Oh my, David Ezema. <laughs> you said you were. Dude, gonna, I, you didn't, were I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know it. That's why I told David it to you. as David Ezemuma, running back out of Georgia. I've never don't, met the kid in person. Don't get but. mad at me, dude. I didn't know how to say it. That's why I put it on your plate. As a you did a good on. job. We're, we're going to have to go back to the tape. Well, I'm trying Izamuma. to figure out what is on I'm trying to figure out where I wrote it, wrote it down here. Scramble. Okay. Anyway, running back out of North Cobb, three-star running back out of the state of Georgia, number 32 running back in the country per 24-7 sports. He picks up a crystal ball to the Clemson Tigers. Multiple. Tigers currently – yeah, multiple crystal balls. Tigers currently sitting at number 14. In the country, per the 24-7 sports composite team rankings in the class of 2024. Drew, he's in your area. Your your initial thoughts on uh, the potential Georgia native heading to the Clemson Tigers. Like the player, like the tape, big physical back. Uh, wasn't really the featured runner at North Cobb this past season. Lined up in the backfield, but also spent some time as like a tight end can catch the ball out of the backfield listed at six foot one 200 pounds we don't have a ton of verified information on him um has ran track not the best of times but he's part of some relay teams that i think made it to regionals and, and to states i believe this is also the only running back that clemson has offered he's a kid attended multiple games there in death valley this past season was at their big junior day the last weekend of january i mean all signs are pointing to Clemson landing him. And I think it would be uh, a nice pickup. To me, he's the type of running back that it, it can be in a committee type of system, right? Gives you uh, a different change of pace, but can also get in there on passing downs. I 
talked about him catching the ball out of the backfield, but he's a guy that I think can chip large edge players, can chip guys that you're going to see speed rushers in the SEC. So uh, TJ Spiller, the running backs coach there for Clemson, he kind of zeroes in on, on one guy and he waits to move on. And, and, and I think that would be a, a nice addition for Dabo Sweeney, uh, the, the new Garrett Riley, the new offensive coordinator there. So we'll see what happens. Sounds like news is coming. Uh, and depending on when you're listening to this podcast, he might already be uh, committed to Clemson. I like this kid, north-south runner, patient, see the vision. You know, I think for us still waiting on some verified speed aspects of his game. Um, but in terms of what you see with the player, little wasted motion, which is something that I'm always looking for in running backs. You, you know, we talk about vision burst, but I think the combination of vision and burst with decisiveness and you see a little bit of that in his game good fit for the tigers i think it would be a really good early pull for them i could see why they want to pull the trigger on a guy like that so drew some other recruiting news quarterback three-star quarterback marcus devia the number 21 quarterback in the country he backed off his pledge to tcu late on wednesday just picked up an offer from miami set to visit both purdue and colorado in march so a guy that's Looks like he's reopening his recruitment and um, going to reevaluate his options. You know, you kind of mentioned, hey, where does Clemson and Garrett Riley kind of go this cycle? We know they're involved with, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the country with Jaden Davis. You think this name is intriguing as well, and Marcos Davia. You know, Clemson, I mean, they're kind of, they're in an advantageous spot, right? You got Klubnik going into year two. You got a guy in Christopher Fazina that certainly needs some polish, but there are a lot of tools there to work with. I am kind of interested to see which way they go here. Yeah, it, it's reading our, our Clemson site. Um, you know, you, you get the impression that Jaden Davis is is target number one. They were in on Walker White, who ended up committing to, to Auburn a few weeks ago. Um, dual threat quarterback out of the Arkansas area. Luke, uh, or excuse me, Jake Merklinger has also been mentioned as, as, a, as a target for the Tigers. But I would not be surprised if their next offer went out to to Marcos, who when I saw that come across the the timeline, him opening things up, I thought I thought it was pretty notable. I mean, man, you're, you're TCU. You make it all the way to the national title game. Obviously, yeah, it doesn't go the way you want to go, but this is the most momentum they've they've had in a long time on the recruiting trail. Lose your OC, um, and, and now your, your quarterback commit, who I think they're a little bit ahead of the curve on here in terms of um, getting Marcos committed. Like now he's shopping around, and it's pretty rare for a kid to decommit and then recommit to a school. But Marcos popped on the film this morning. I'm I'm, I'm going through all all the arms right now in, in the class of 2024. Like I said, doing a little statistical breakdown trying to figure out you know who's done what well and, and all that stuff marcos 24 starts in, there in texas 20 and 4 as a starting quarterback has thrown from almost 6000 yards 63 touchdowns to 19 interceptions in two seasons 62% completion rate he he can spin it man there in the pocket big frame as well 63 210 pounds kind of got a little little sidearm motion um, but he's one, I, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of more schools are probably going to get involved now as the quarterback dominoes continue to fall and, uh, people kind of not move to plan B. I mean, you got to remember a lot of these kids still have a senior season ahead of them. 
developmental stuff here on, on the camp circuit, Elite 11 and all that stuff. But I like the player. Dude, you have been nerding out on the quarterback <laughs> position here as of late in 2024. Well, like in depth. To, like I love I it. I just feel <laughs> like, you know. I like, have to do a 10-minute segment on the college football recruiting show this afternoon. So wanted to make sure I had my ducks in a row. <laughs> so how – you know, just curious. So, like, how how many guys that you know it could go a variety of different ways when you get on those those shows. But like, how many quarterbacks are you evaluating in that bucket that you feel like all right? I at least have to have a general knowledge base on. I'm I'm trying to come in there with like eight names. <laughs> That's pretty eight deep. Names. Yeah, you know, in, in February, right? We got a we got a ways to go. We well, I, I text I texted you guys late last night. You know, you start breaking down all the starts and stuff. Air Nolan, man. Talked Dude, about I'm him a few in, weeks talked about him I'm, a few weeks ago on the show. Air Nolan from like a passer number rating and you can put on the tape, see his spray chart. Has thrown for more yards than anyone in the class. Has thrown more live passes on Friday nights. Has thrown more touchdowns than anyone on Friday nights. 31 or he's 28 and 3 in 3 seasons. I worry about you because I get those texts at like nine forty-five Central, and that's you know hour later your time, and then here you are the next day. So you wake up at five a.m., get a workout in, you just back at it, dude. Addicted to the grind. In the zone. In the zone. Love SWAT that team. You. SWAT team mentality, as you would say. SWAT team mentality. Bust down that door. Guess what? We got a plan. Things blow up. Just got to be able to adjust, baby. Hey, lessons learned from this show, Drew. You told me before the show, hey, lesson learned for you, Coop. You got a lot to learn. What is it? So the viewers know. Never say something on a podcast that could uh, could change or is time sensitive. You got to keep it evergreen. So in the future, if we got a guest lined up. You never know what's going to happen. So don't don't tease and make a promise you can't deliver on, even though I know it's not your fault. It's a rookie move, man. I've been doing this for almost a year and a half now, still pulling rookie moves. Can't have that happen. Hey, the other thing you brought up, hey, are you a live guy? You're talking about the Honda Classic right now. Dude, we got live golf February 24th. I'm, Why I'm are you not, shaking I'm, your head? I'm not you on You seem live. like a big Ian Poulter, Brooks Kepka guy. Well, have you watched Full Swing on, on Netflix? Have you watched it yet? Episode one, which I liked, but I know that I know the show's got to get better as it goes, right? I mean, Spieth and Justin Thomas seem like it was pretty weak. steady dudes. You it was know. weak. Yeah. Like, they had to tell that storyline. And the Ian Poulter one is, is pretty awesome. And it's because Ian Poulter is – it's right when he's going to live. And and he's just a funny character. And you, you come to find out that he's got a son who's a freshman golfer at Florida. And I didn't even realize this until I was thinking back. A few years ago, uh, one of my buddies – he had a box at, at the Magic game. So we went to the Magic game. I mean, this had to have been five, six years ago, right before Christmas. Or he's like, hey, this is our Christmas thing. Like, wear, wear like a naughty Christmas sweater. Like, you, you, you've seen those, right? Like, just ridiculous, like, uh, sweaters. So Ian Poulter happens to be in the box with this whole family. So you have this group of guys who's out for a nice, a nice, Nice, I don't know, Thursday night in Orlando. You know, we were going to sure. hit the bars after. Ian Poulter's there with all his kids who are, you can see all over this full swing show. 
and he just turns right to us and he goes, nice knits, boys. And I'll never forget <laughs> that. <laughs> so I've been, I've been a fan of Ian Poulter. He, he's the one guy that could maybe get me to watch uh, live golf, but I, I'm team PGA. PGA I mean, what Tour. a bad, what a bad guy, dude. Are you talking about a European with a temper who dresses like the Easter bunny? I'm all about it. You couldn't have script a better villain. All right. That's enough golf talk for, for us nerds. We love golf over here. Um, True. Final thoughts. Any final thoughts for you? Uh, one more hire that I didn't. I forgot to mention on on the rundown. Uh, Tim Harris Jr. Uh, Co-OC at UCF. I think that was his title. It's previously at FIU. It sounds like he's going to be the new running backs coach at at Miami. Guy, I'm super familiar with. Really good recruiter. His dad is a legendary coach down in the 305. I think that hire for Mario and they haven't struggled to recruit their backyard. I do think that's that's certainly a notable one. UCF was number nine. I'm, I'm shooting from the hips here. Number nine in, in total rushing offense last season. Obviously, Gus wants to run the ball. So nice hire. A lot of people in South Florida, anytime there's an opening, you know, are always pushing Tim Harris Jr. as a guy to keep an eye on. So I uh, thought we should bring that up there for, for Miami. Kevin Smith left. He was the former UCF running back who was the – Running backs coach at Ole Miss comes down to Miami for a year, goes back, and he's going to be up there um, in Oxford with with Lane Kiffin, working with Quinshawn Judkins. So uh, another notable change and something that's going to shift, I think, the recruiting dynamic a little bit down here in, in the 305 and the 954. I kind of like Mario's retooled staff, you know, on paper. I mean, we've been here before, but I'm excited about it. I like this version better than the – the 1.0 version. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Drew, final thoughts for me. Pretty simple. Make sure if you haven't subscribed to the show, subscribe to the show, leave a rating as well. You can find this podcast wherever you find your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. We're right there, the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Also, make sure to leave a comment as well. Greatly appreciate it, as always. So for Director of Scouting, of 24-7 Sports, Andrew Ivins, producer Lance Glenn. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Patagna. I will do my best to avenge this week and make sure we have a guest on the show next week. Guys, appreciate you joining us as always. See you next week. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.